Hello once again, and welcome to another episode of An Ocean of Ontological Light, and I'm your host, Ron Wright. In this episode, I'd like to talk to you about the orbit of being. The orbit of being. You know, uh, science tells us that um, in the heavens, in space, that there's a tendency of smaller bodies to orbit around much larger bodies. So, for example, the, the moon, which is smaller in mass, tends to orbit around um, the Earth, and the Earth orbits around the Sun. So there is this uh, tendency that's uh, talked about in science about smaller bodies orbiting around much larger bodies. But I'm not here to talk to you about science uh, today, although I guess maybe I'm going to talk to you about the science of your soul. What I'd like to talk to you about is how this relates to our spiritual life. We all have the soul tendency to orbit around something that we make inflated of, of inflated importance to us. So, for example, if we make money as everything, we tend to make our life orbit around getting money. If it's a relationship, then we tend to do everything to orbit our life around that relationship because we've made it of such importance to us. It's, you know, for lack of a better uh, word, it's gravitational attraction keeps us kind of hooked, right? And so we, we all have this tendency and our soul has this tendency to wrap itself around and orbit around something that we've made of great importance. Uh, I think Jesus was getting at that in Matthew chapter 16 and uh, verse 25 and 6. He says this, For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So there in verse 26, it says, you know, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Now, a part of what Christ is getting at here is that when we make everything of the world, that is, its system of commerce, its system of making our lives dependent upon it, its material riches and pleasures, when we make that larger than life, we lose our soul to it, right? Our soul gets drawn into the orbit of whatever that might be, money, fame, fortune, those sort of things. And so we lose our soul to the orbit of what we've made to be big and important. And Christ, of course, what, what Christ is saying to us here is that he wants to be that thing, the only thing in our life that is of such magnitude and magnificence that our soul gets caught up in orbiting around that one true love. And when we do that, of course, the Lord tells us that we gain ontological freedom. Why? Because only Christ's life is free. <laughs> Every human being's life is caught in one orbit or another. But the Lord Jesus, his life, orbits around the Father. And when we come to him, our life with his orbits around our proper center, 
which is which is God. David the psalmist said in uh, Psalm, I think it's 73, um, I think around verse 25, he says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on the earth. Who have I in heaven but you? And, and on the earth, there's nothing else that I desire but you. And so there you see the psalmist finding the real orbit of his being, which is around, you know, God alone. So let's dive in a little bit into this idea of the orbit of our being. Because one of the things in spirituality that uh, we have to discover is that God's address is our deepest being. In other words, God can be found in our spirit, which is reborn into his life. And it's there in the deepest part of our being called our spirit that we are able to orbit around and experience the life of God. And that becomes a very vital thing in our spiritual journey if we want to experience the life of God. You know, somewhere between that, the sedation of melancholy by philosophies of the world and the melodrama of religion, there lays a transcendent calm and a devotional path within our own heart. And that path is God. Any response to our true being, our true nature, where, where God and us are joined together, any response to that true nature other than direct participation in its essence and energy is to really miss the point of our existence. God gave us a soul for it to be the home of his presence and, and of his glory. And everything in the world tries to tear us away from that, <laughs> that direct path. And a part of our spiritual journey is learning to take this direct path into our true being where we find God's presence. So authentic spirituality is a tremendous centering. Now, centering is a, a word that mystics in previous centuries used to describe their method of prayer or their method of meditation. You might have heard of the term centering prayer. And uh, aside from it sounding pretty cool, <laughs> it, it's very practical. And what it simply means is, is that a part of praying, a, a, a major part of praying, is coming to the center of our being, which the Bible calls our spirit, where we can experience God. And a large part of prayer is just getting in the right place. You know, if my wife is speaking to me and she's upstairs in a different room than I am, I have a hard time hearing her. But if I go to the place where she is and she's speaking, I can hear her clearly. This is no different in our spiritual life. If we go to our noisy mind, we may not hear God clearly. If we go to our volatile emotions, we may not hear God. If we're paying attention merely to the senses of our body, we're not going to hear God. Why? Jesus said, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when I go to the center of my being, which is called my spirit, I'm in the same room where God is. And hearing him is no problem. 
we get a sense of his presence and his direction fairly easily because I've come to the same room, so to speak, where God is. So authentic spirituality is, is, a, is a, a task in centering. It's the proper orbiting of our being around God's being. And really, I would really define that as a life of prayer, is when we, we orbit our being with a small b, our being, around God's being with a large capital B, that is prayer. You may not verbalize anything, but when your spirit, there's a sense that your spirit is orbiting around God's spirit. You're in close proximity to his presence. There is a sense in which prayer is a continuous dialogue, a continuous communion between your spirit and God's spirit, even though, you know, it, there may be no words involved, but there is a communion, there is a fellowship happening. And so, in this sense, um, spirituality is kind of like a liberation from the disorder and the chaos of our individuality. There is a real chaos in terms of our individual life. Why do I say that? Because we were never created. We were never created to be in ourselves, to orbit around ourselves. We were made to be in God and to orbit around God. And that's the only place in the universe where there is order. You know, if we want to experience order in our internal world, then we have to find the order that's created when we orbit our spirit around God's spirit. You know, if the moon was just flying around any way that it wanted to, it could cause a, a great deal of havoc on the earth. The fact that it, it has the opposite effect, which is the moon is a very delightful thing, causing the tides to rise and fall, giving us uh, light during the nighttime, being something exquisitely beautiful to look at. The nature of the moon is such because it's found its proper place of orbit. The human life is just like that. The proper place for the human life, the human soul, to orbit is around God and God alone. So if we want to get out of, you know, the chaos and the disorder of our individuality, then we have to learn in our spiritual life to harmonize around the generous reality of our larger wholeness, which is God himself in Christ. Christ is God's definition of our wholeness. God became flesh in Christ, took on a human life, perfected that human life, took that human life in resurrection into glory, and that human life is in God's divine wholeness. And by God's Spirit, we're invited to orbit in that same wholeness. You know, reality, speaking of spiritual reality, it, it heals not the reality that the ego identifies with, but the reality that's in our true nature, which is, is God's life. The different personas of the ego, you know, our egoic mind, that self-centered, narcissistic part of us that wants the world to orbit around us and for us to be the center of the universe, that reality is pretty messed up. 
I mean, if, if you want to deal with psychological issues such as, you know, depression and stress and all kinds of other things like that, then just orbit your life around your little me. That little me was never meant to handle the pressures of this life and world that we live in. Only, only if things fall on the shoulders of God can things be handled properly. And we discover that in a spirituality where instead of orbiting around our little me, we orbit around God. So to be pulled outside, you know, of your own interiority, uh, to follow the melancholy of the rational mind and the hysteria of modern spiritual consumerism, it, it, it pulls you away from your own authentic path to liberation. You say, well, what is that path to liberation? It's to go through your own heart and experience Christ as your life. That orbit is the one and only orbit that causes you to be in touch with, with what is truly authentic in you. So here's a spiritual secret. The only things that are truly authentic in you are in Christ. <laughs> I know that sounds like a contradiction, but it isn't. Because he is your true life. And when you discover that everything that's really true about you is actually in him, orbiting around him becomes easy. It becomes an easy exercise of faith because you know that in him, he holds all that is true and authentic about your life infinitely and eternally, and it can never be taken away. So spiritual liberation is, is really kind of a journey through the, for lack of a better word, the exit door of spirit where you vanish as a little me and awaken as the very field of awareness that all personal storyline and experiences arise within. This is what happens when you discover your spirit. Let me pull that apart a little bit because it's a, it's a very deep sentence. So let me repeat it and then um, drill down into it a little bit. Spiritual liberation is a journey through the exit door of spirit where you vanish as a little me and awaken as the very field of awareness that all personal storyline and experience arise within. So the exit door of spirit, when we go into the spirit, we immediately kind of exit or step out of the little orbit of me, right? And when we go into spirit, we are orbiting around the life of God. And we awaken in that field of God's awareness where, you know, all of our personal storyline arises and can be directed and guided and, and healed and transformed because we're living within the awareness of God's spirit, not just our little me ego awareness, which really can't do a whole lot. <laughs> You're not experiencing awareness as an individual. Awareness, which is really what you are as a spiritual being. Awareness is, is experiencing you as an individual, individualized storyline. And, and this is important. Let me say this again. You are not experiencing awareness as an individual, having awareness. Rather, awareness, which is 
the deeper, higher part of yourself in God is actually experiencing you as an individualized story. You've probably heard that phrase before. You know we are not human beings having a spiritual experience, but we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And that that flip between those two is, is a rather significant one to make. Here in this non-individualized awareness of God, life is no longer seen as happening to you, but life is happening within you. It's no longer frightening, but life becomes inspiring. You know, when you can look at your little me storyline and realize, hey, this is just a storyline. It's not really the fullness of me. This is just a little um, personality experiencing time, but who and what I am is much larger than this and lives in God. And so my little individual storyline begins to orbit around a much larger identity, which brings into our lives peace and joy and contentment, and faith and hope and all of those other powerful and positive things that our soul needs to experience for joy. Uh, most of the little personality identities, you know, the little I identities that we walk around in, which by the way are fabricated by our ego, are just symptoms of misguided assumptions that we make about experiencing our own minds. These constructed identities we take as self-definitions really, if you look at them, are irrational, they're delusional, or they're symptoms of imaginations left idle, or of habit energies that are derived from really unconscious desires or aversions. Above these mundane responses to life, the only elevation possible, the only valid transcendence achievable is, is one of mysticism. What do I mean by that? I mean a life of blissful communion with that one reality that we call God. That is where we experience a, a, a life that's transcendent, a life that's larger than this little me identity that the world's convinced us that we need to orbit around. You know, this one reality of God in us annihilates our adherence to a belief in a separate self. In fact, this is the, the ego's biggest lie, that we are somehow a separated, tiny little self struggling to make it in the world. And it's so far from the, the, the truth that you anything other than delusional. I mean, there's no other word to describe that perspective except absolute delusion. Because you're not a separated self. You are a self that is existent and subsists in God as your creator. So that reality is your true reality. And your eyes are open to that by an understanding of the life of Christ. So this is important. It, it's, it's here when this little I kind of disappears in view of a much larger reality, right? That this little separate I kind of, it, 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 it disappears on one hand, so to speak, 
but it also awakens within this one larger reality that now contains us and we it and we contain it it's a place of union where we realize wow what i am is not this little ego in time but what i am exists in christ as christ in the being of god and that defines my whole reality and so this little me that's living around here in the world all of this life is just meant to express that much larger brilliant reality of who I am in God. So that's powerful. When we get to there, as I said earlier, you know, we see life as, life isn't just, you know, happening to me as a victim, but life is happening within me. It's happening for me, moving me towards this much larger orbit where things get stabilized, things get ordered, and things become beautiful. And that's really an inspiring place to live. So I'd like to challenge you today to consider this idea about what your life is orbiting around. To take maybe some internal inventory. One of the practices that I did for a while, for a couple of months, and it was really rewarding, was I began every time I found myself wanting something. Everything, you know, from food to uh, approval to whatever else, I began to ask myself the question, you know, what is it I'm, I'm really wanting here? And, and to realize when, I, when it wasn't God, to get the orbit of my life around God again and not this desire for approval, um, this rich riches, honor, blessing, whatever it is I'm trying to get, I began to say to myself, no, there's only one orbit that brings true satisfaction, and that is God. And I started to take these desires, everyday desires that are arising, and just orbit those desires around God instead of around the little me, trying to figure it out, trying to get it. I just gave it over to God, said, God, I want the honor to go to you. I want the praise to go to you. I want, you know, the food to go to you, you know what I mean? I, I was just giving everything as an offering back to the true orbit where things in my life should be orbiting around. And I did that for a number of months, day after day after day, and began to find, I, I, I was walking around feeling like a helium balloon, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was walking around floating as if my feet were taken off the ground and I was getting caught up in this powerful force, so to speak, of my life orbiting around God. And it's a beautiful place to live. It's a beautiful place to keep yourself, which is up all a part of the spiritual practices that we have in life, learning to keep ourselves in the orbit of God's being. Whenever our identification with a me, the little me, is transcended by awakening to that larger orbit of God's spirit, all that is left there is really one thing, just God. God orbits around God. And when we live in his spirit, we find ourselves automatically through the powerful gravitational forces, so to speak, of his love. We get pulled into that heavenly orbit. And it is a beautiful place to live. And like the moon being pulled into and 
orbiting around the earth. We reflect the sun. We become a beautiful spectacle to see in the night sky of this dark world we live in. And that's what God is after for all of us. With there being no boundary lines anymore between subject and object, me and other, God and creation, we also end the battle lines within our consciousness. Everything becomes love. In the world of the ego, the, the ego feels separate from everything. And as soon as you have separation, you have boundary lines. And as soon as you have boundary lines, you have battlefronts. And the ego is at war with everything <laughs> that threatens its little territory. And in this world, man, everything threatens the little territory of the ego. But that's what happens having the faulty ego mindset. And that's why I said a little earlier, the ego mindset is nothing but a delusion because it sets a boundary between itself and everything else. No wonder our lives are full of stress because when you draw boundary lines, they become battlefronts. And when you have battlefronts, you're, you're in war all the time, fighting, fighting, fighting. But you know, when your life begins to orbit around God, there's, there's no boundary lines anymore. God is a wholeness of love that embraces all of his creation in redeeming love. And there's no battle lines there. There's no separation lines, and therefore there's no battle lines, there's no fighting. There is simply receiving an abundance of grace of God just pouring out upon our life and giving into our life. And that continual supply of grace makes our life orbit deeper and deeper and deeper into, the, into communion with God. So it's here in this contentment of orbiting around God that we love him. And it's here that life is and was always what it was meant to be, and that is glorious and free. We begin to experience that. You know, people in various religions call it all kinds of things. They call it heaven or nirvana. But for someone who's awakened to this orbit around God, it we just call it home. <laughs> we just call it home because this is where we were created to live. Our lives orbiting around the much more perfect and full reality of God. So I challenge you this week that you go through your day to ask yourself, when you catch yourself desiring things, ask, what is it I'm trying to orbit around here? What am I trying to orbit around? Is it money, fame, fortune, popularity, pleasure? What is it I'm trying to orbit around? And learn to yield that desire to God and orbit around him and see what happens because you see our soul begins to orbit around whatever has the biggest gravitational attraction to us. If we make a lot out of money that's what we'll orbit around. If we make a lot out of pleasure that's what we'll orbit around. But if we make God the biggest reality, the biggest desire, the biggest thing in our life, we will find we're being pulled by that enormous reality. 
into a loving orbit around it. And spirituality there doesn't become a great effort. It just becomes a great relaxing into the love that's loving us. Amen. I hope this has encouraged you today, and I thank you so much each time you come to join me in this uh, podcast. I enjoy being having the privilege and the honor to speak into your life. I know all lives are busy, and for you to take the moment to sit and to listen to this means a lot to me. And I hope that these words and uh, instruction finds some encouragement into your life. So, as always, as a brother with you in your journey into God, take a deep dive into your interiority where you'll find God's face shining in love back at you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'll see you again on another episode of An Ocean of Ontological Light. God bless.